What's going on, everyone? Welcome back, finally, to another episode of the Sports Inventory with your host, Ben Kuchipudi. Tyler Graham. And Grace. How are you? Oh my gosh, it's been it's been too long. I, I think the yeah, last time we recorded was the NBA Finals, and that was back in June. Mm-hmm. It's been too long. I've heard nobody. Uh, I'm ready to get back to it, though, and it seems like it's the perfect time to get to it because we have the biggest event in American sports coming up in two days, the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. Yep, it's time again. That time of year. Guys, how do we feel about this game? I know this seems like the Super Bowl America doesn't want, but how do we feel about this game overall? What are the thoughts? I think um, if... Okay. If we're talking about from a strictly football team standpoint, like, we have two great football teams. If we remove any of the personal biases towards these teams, then it just... And we're just talking about, like, roster-to-roster football. Then it's great. But then if you add in, oh, you know, everything surrounding the Chiefs, Mahomes being Mahomes being great, but at times being like, I think Annoying. this is the first. Yeah, the, this is the first time we saw him kind of fall out of favor for some people because he had some relatively annoying, interesting displays of emotion, especially you know that game versus Buffalo in the regular season. Where people were like, oh, maybe this guy's annoying. Prior to that, I feel like most people were like, oh, I don't really have a problem with Mahomes unless you're a AFC West team fan. But it's with him and then Taylor Swift and then Kelsey and then all that, people are like, I'm sick of the Chiefs. And then with the Niners, you have just six-time Super Bowl champion San Francisco 49ers, and you're like, I think they've won enough games and the team is stacked and... You know, a lot of teams in the NFC don't like the Niners either. So, I, you know, I mean, it is what it is in terms of, like, these are the personalities of the team. But if we're talking just football players to football players, this is great. I think it's a really pretty even matchup. What about you, Ty? What do you think? I'm with Grace on that one. At the end of the day, you know, people are going to root for underdogs. People are going to root for less deserving teams that finally made it through the spotlight. But at the end of the day... The best teams do prevail, and it, we're about to see some exciting football on Sunday. You have the Stallworth that was number 15 for the Kansas City Chiefs, just, just slinging rocks. And and back to the thing about his antics, I mean, everybody has antics. We hate LeBron for the same reason, but the guy's great. You know, we hate right. all these other, you know, players that have antics, and they're great. Look at Juan Soto, you know, new pinstripes boy over there with the with the Soto shuffle. We, we hate his guts for it because – you know, th- these guys are passionate about the game. It. Well, a lot a lot of people I know do. But now, you know, we've converted because he's a Yankees guy. But at the end of the day, um, passion is apparent with players like these. And when you're at a certain greatness level, uh, you're bound to just look like an absolute fool on live television yelling at refs and wanting calls. But that's just neither here nor there. Um, this 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 Super Bowl, uh, going into it, I'm not looking at any of the Taylor Swifties and the other narratives that play. I'm looking at a genuine... Hall of Fame game, a game we're going to look back for years to come and be like, this was a great display because a lot of things are at play. Kyle Shanahan has to shake the ghosts of 2020. You know, uh, Andy Reid has to join some elite company capturing three Super Bowls. You know, we're looking at 
possibly Travis Kelsey's last game, uh, maybe walking out, you know, on a shield of some sorts with his brother, you know, both hanging up around the same time. I if he captures a win, hang it up. I hope yeah, not. but you know, new heights, you know, sometimes he alluded to a couple of things. We're looking at the emergence of Mr. Irrelevant really solidifying himself oh, as just a franchise guy. guy, you know, and the thing is, even as a Cowboys fan, I can't but help love the Niners in a way because they're just playing good football. You know, I can hate Kittle for wearing the F Dallas, you know, Cowboys t-shirt and scoring touchdowns. on. I can hate the the big catches from Brandon Ayuk because the Lions should have won that game. But that's another, another story for another day. That was the Lions' fault. Yeah. Though. Yeah, but the thing about it is, at the end of the day, you have the two best teams in the NFL figuring it out and landing themselves in Las Vegas, you know, Sin City, and we're going to have an absolute great display, and I can't wait to see a lot of X-Factor players emerge, and I can't wait to see just fireworks, I can't wait to see Usher, where has he been? Can't wait to see Usher either, it's going to be a good halftime show, and it's going to be a good game overall. Yeah, so, two of the best teams in the sport, I feel like... People be, in the beginning of the year, they would. I feel like the Chiefs and Niners were the popular picks to re- represent their respective conferences in the Super Bowl. But especially for Kansas City, it's like they. This is the worst Chiefs team on paper, or like seeding that they've had in the Patrick Mahomes era. Patrick had to play his first playoff road games, and people were saying, "Oh, he's never played a road playoff game in his life before. Is he going? Is he going to be able to be the same guy?" And yeah, he is. He's he showed out against Buffalo. He didn't play. He didn't have the most uh, flashy game against Baltimore, but he did what he had to do. He played safe football, unlike Lamar Jackson, which ultimately um, sealed the game for them. But the biggest difference that I can see in this Kansas City team from years past is we know they won a Super Bowl without Tyreek Hill last year, and they had to adjust to life without arguably the best receiver in football. They still have Travis Kelsey, who's one of the greatest tight ends of all time, but he's older now. He's 34 years mm, old. Absolutely. And they ha- and Patrick has has to deal with l- some lackluster receivers, to say the least, with the exception of Rasheed Rice, who's been outstanding as a rookie this year. But dealing with guys like Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who's had some big catches in the playoffs, but is notorious for his drops. And we all know about Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore. But I feel like they really have a... New identity with the ground game, especially with Isaiah Pacheco, seventh round pick out of Rutgers. He he runs angry. He's a powerful running back. He's got some, he's low-key a speedster. But the biggest thing about Kansas City right now is Steve Spagnolo in the defense. That defense has been unreal for them, playing good football, shutting down Lamar Jackson, holding their own against Josh Allen, shutting down Tua and the Dolphins. You got playmakers all over the field. Chris Jones, George Karloftis on the defensive line, Willie Gay, uh, Nick Bolton at linebacker, and in the secondary with um, LeJerry Sneed, Justin Reed, Trent McDuffie. Just an all-around really good defense and well-coached by Spags. He wasn't the best head coach, but he's really had an amazing job um, coaching this Kansas City defense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Definitely. absolutely. I just think that also with that, um, I'm so happy to finally see the Chiefs get recognition on the defensive side. You know, everybody's clamoring for moments of, oh, Patty Mahomes paid the ref, oh, this and that. But this defense has been the reason this team has been so dominant. And you have these X factors like Karloftis coming up and making big plays and Chris Jones just making the, the, the sacks that you need on third and long. And it's just like really awesome to see that this defense finally getting credit because at the end of the day, 
the Chiefs wouldn't be here without these defenses. And it's funny to me how the 49ers and the Chiefs had very different ways to get here. The Chiefs had one of their more rough seasons, Travis Kelsey having a down year, ups and downs and losing games they should have won. The 49ers coming out to a 5-0 and start and losing three games in October. There's a lot of things about these teams that they had to shake off a lot of cranks in the armor to get here. And it's with those little losses in in these in these battles throughout the year that made them that much more stronger and going into this game you're going to see the most polished versions of both of these teams yeah Yeah. i I agree with that go ahead ben no no you go ahead grace you got it i was just gonna say i think it's interesting that every year (laughs) we can except for the tyreek years we convince ourselves that the chiefs will not be at a minimum in the AFC Championship game, because it's just, it's just absurd the stuff that Mahomes does. I I was watching that game versus Buffalo, and I wrote about this on my website. But um, just like the way he looked pre-game, I was like, this man, like this is his Super Bowl. You know, he was so locked in, and I was like. I think he just, the harder the challenge it is for this guy, the better he plays. And it's like, no receivers? Fine. Away from home? Fine. People saying we're bad? Fine. Like, take away any offensive skill position player? Fine. I'll do it myself, you know? And he's just, he's just unbelievable. I, watching him, it's like, you're like jealous and you have this awe and it's like, I hate him, but I can't because he's so good. So, uh, but I mean, I think you're right, Tyler. Like, I'm really glad that Spagnola is finally getting his flowers because this defense has really been like their bedrock to success when the offense in the regular season has just been fluctuating, you know, at times with the lack of receivers, (laughs) to put it bluntly. But... I mean, I think it's going to be once again their their essential key to beating the Snyder's team in this in this game. I mean, I think it's going to be they have to stabilize the scoring or hopefully the lack of scoring on their part um, for the Niners through this defense. It's it's everything through this Chiefs team is kind of turned from in their Super Bowl. I, can we call them a dynasty? I don't, I don't think so because it's not. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll see. They're they're giving remnants of that. It's getting there. If we call them, it, yeah, if yeah. They I, this, if they win on Sunday, I think it's safe to call them that. It really, yeah. I, I really am a stickler for the consecutive, but it's it's really borderline. It's really borderline. But um, I think that they've transitioned from when the, the Tyreek years they were such this like offensive juggernaut. And now they've become like obviously you have Patrick Mahomes, the best offensive player, arguably of all time. Um, but it's really the the defense that is like holding their ground and in a team that's like a formidable opponent consistently. So uh, I'm I'm excited just from like a football game. My biggest thing is I I want this I really want there to be a good ending to this game because last year was bad. Yeah, it wasn't, it, was, it wasn't the most uh, inter- like entertaining in that regard. I think with this game, though, we're going to see a lot of big plays from some unlikely heroes in this game. I think 
you know, going to this game, I'm excited to see Rishi Rice and what he pulls off. You know, the thing about the thing about Mahomes, right, is Mahomes has a 70 uh, QBR rating with 21 touchdowns and seven interceptions against man coverage. You know, he he thrives against that man coverage, but sadly, against the zone coverage, only a 64 QBR rating and six touchdowns and seven interceptions. Now, not to say that the Niners, you know, might not change some things up here, but I'm looking at Rishi Rice to just break off a couple of big presses and releases and get some big plays for, you know, Patty Mahomes. That's going to be a big X factor there. I also think I'm going to look at Nick Bolton. The Chiefs are a good tackling team, and the 49ers are historically known. Oh, Brock Purdy throws a seven-yard slant, missed tackle, Debo goes for 30, stuff like that. I think the Chiefs are going to be really all over the tackle game. We're not going to see a lot of yards after catch or a lot of mistake plays. Um, and I'm looking at guys like Nick Bolton to really lock it down over the middle because I think Kittle is going to be targeted heavy by this 49ers team because mm. Kittle was kind of quiet in that Lions game, and Kittle has been the biggest asset in regards to Brock Purdy's safety net. You know, one of the favorite things of a young quarterback is his tight end. You know, he's, he's safe. You come off drag routes. You come off little checkdowns. And the great thing about Kittle is I think he's one of the best we're pushing into Gronk category for me personally, one of the best actual true tried and true tight ends. You know, Travis Kelsey's a receiver at the end of the day. We know this. But he's the way Kittle blocker. plays this game. That's not, no, he's not a George Kittle. No, he, no, no, he's he's a decent blocker, but the way that Andy Reid uses him is obviously genius in the yeah. receiving game. But well, Kittle, 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 Kittle makes my dad in that age group like just drool at the mouth and how he plays this tight end position. And I'm looking at him to have a big game from the 49ers offensive side because I think Trent McDuffie and company is going to do a really good job making Brandon Ayuk uncomfortable, Debo Samuel uncomfortable, guys like that uncomfortable. And on defense, I'm going to need a big game from Fred Warner because Travis Kelsey is going to try mm-hmm. his best to catch those balls between the numbers. And I think that's the only guy in the field that can really check that man in the zone coverage. I'm not yeah. even just looking at Fred Warner. I'm looking at Dre Greenlaw also. He's the second mm-hmm. second best half second half of the best linebacking duo in football. Mm-hmm. A little little hard to little uh stretch to say, but it gives shades of Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman from back in the day. But Dre Greenlaw had a, a great game against the Packers in the divisional. Two interceptions, including the sealer on Jordan Love. And we know Fred Warner's gonna do his thing, but having uh Greenlaw as a second, as a, a backup option, not even a backup option, just a side-by-side option of Fred Warner. And like you said, with Kelsey catching those balls over the middle with Rasheed Rice, just having two surefire tacklers is so big to have. And along with the linebackers, I feel like just the pass rush for San Francisco just has to be, um, they have to like play the games of their games of their lives because Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs hasn't been hasn't been sacked that often. I think he's only been sacked once this entire postseason. His escapability. I mean, we all saw that play against Baltimore where his knees snapped in half and then just like went back into place. Just absurd. Just it's absurd. just the way he does it. He's he is an escape artist. Shout out to Madden Twenty. You know, it's just the thing about it is he just knows exactly what's happening. He knows when things are collapsing and. Um, that Chiefs line is no joke, you know, that that really gets credit, you know, amongst our thing is for the Chiefs line, I think Joe Tooney is supposed to be out for this game, one of the best guards in football. That can be a big game for the tackles, Javon Hargrave, Javon Kinlaw. Yeah. They can have big games. Yeah, he did not show up. He was the only player that didn't show up to practice this most recent uh, week. Tooney? He's the only guy that didn't show up to practice. Okay. I think for me, my X factor in the I think these teams are really even in terms of like, okay, you have to favor San Francisco from a skill position perspective, but 
I think you have to take into account that Mahomes wins above replacement on this team just adds like he he's just obviously much much higher in that category than Purdy as much as I enjoy watching Brock but like my x factor in this game that I think could sway the Niners cuz I even though I believe the lines are set to favor the Niners, right? Yes. Okay. No, public opinion I think is set on the Chiefs, okay? But to me, I think this gets swayed with Debo Samuel because he is the X factor. I really have not think he's been used to the way that we know he can be used enough in this playoffs. I know he's been a little dinged. But if they can unlock Debo in the way that we know Debo can be unlocked, he can sway this game. They have to use him the way they did against Philadelphia early in the year. Yeah, I think it's it literally comes down to Shanahan understanding what Debo plays <laughs> need to happen and Debo being able to do Debo things. He's my X factor in this game because he has been t- relatively invisible in these playoffs. And I need him. If he, if he comes out and has one of those Debo days, I mean, what do you do? There's, there's not much you can do with a player like him, you know, yeah. in terms of defending him. So he's my X factor. And, and I think he could really, possibly make this Niners team get over this Patrick Mahomes and chief size hump that they keep finding themselves in front of. Yeah. Chris, the I have Niners, a question to follow they, up though. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Ben. What, what, what Devo's, you know, somewhat dinged up lackluster play. Do you think that teams are just so deathly afraid of him in these playoffs? That's not why we're seeing so much of him. And that's why we're seeing the big Brock Purdy scrambling game or, you know, Christian McCaffrey doing his thing. Do, do you think there's a reason as to say that he's just so dangerous that teams go in and he's one of our top priorities on the defensive side? I mean, I think they're definitely prioritizing him. But I think it's interesting because, like Ben said, I think we're going to get, or you said too, we're going to get a lot more Kittle targets in this game, I think, just in terms of Brock needing safety nets. But I feel like, to me, teams have to, of course, consider Debo. And they're never going to not consider Debo. But I think because he's been injured and because he's been a little limited in these playoffs, he's gone. I could be completely off base here. To me, it feels like he's gone under the radar. And I I know that teams are going to take him to account in their uh, defensive scheming. I know the Chiefs are going to watch Debo film and make sure to guard Debo. But to me, he's this guy who's like, I feel like people have forgot a little bit, you know? I feel like people have forgot a little bit and he could be stopped and he could be silenced in this game again because he's, he's great. But I think it's something to consider that we just have not seen him do what he, we know he can do in these playoffs yet, especially on this stage, you know, I hope I answered your question. No, beautifully said. I I agree. I think it's a culmination of the ding factor, but also going to that game, the fact that he's getting those limited snaps in certain like places and, you know, they're going to put certain people on him. And it's just, you know, it's it's difficult. But I, sadly, I, I think that you're right in the sense that he is that X factor. But I think we're going to see the same throughout this whole playoffs. You know, we'll have that occasional play. But we're going to, I think, have bigger bigger fish come to fry. Yeah, I know. He needs to just, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be interesting. He needs he needs to find a way to, to break out himself. Would you, you say know? that, you know, the Chiefs, uh, ben, you can chime in here. The Chiefs' secondary and their defensive scheming behind Spags. Do you think this is the toughest Debo would face in regards to his, you know, him balling out? Because 
the 49ers, you know, because the Lions, their secondary was a little weak all, all season. They had some big throws thrown their way. But this secondary, like if I'm Debo and I see Trent McDuffie, I got to go across the middle for Bowen. Like it's mm-hmm. not going to be fun for me. You know, this is the toughest yeah, I think I, he's faced as I, or Brent Ayuk or the whole wide receiver room, really. Baltimore would have been bad if yeah. they had to face Baltimore, especially with shout out to my guy, my Notre Dame, my Irish pride, Kyle Hamilton playing out of his mind, just as he did every week in, in, in Notre Dame. So with the way that Baltimore's defense was so good, I think, and they that regular season game the Niners played versus Baltimore. I mean, it it, it that would have been a really tough matchup. But I think this is a really group. Is Willie Gay playing? Uh, I believe so. If Willie Gay is playing, it's good. It's it's tough. I think it's one of the toughest secondaries. Willie Gay is playing. Oh. That's good. Yeah, I feel like not, I feel like to go with Kansas City's defense, this is I don't want it's definitely the toughest they play in the postseason because the Lions, as you said, Tyler, they don't have a great secondary at all. And uh the and Green Bay, we know vanilla Joe Barry, his uh defense is, is awful. But the Chiefs, not just great players, just great coach uh defense also. I feel like for me, I'm and this is where I'm getting into my X Factor, I feel like the Niners, the Chiefs have really two really good cornerbacks. Legere C, Trent McDuffie. They'll be shadowing Ayuk and uh and um uh Debo. And if um defense is focused on George Kittle a little bit too, and I'm sure George Kittle will get his share of targets because of the greatness of the cornerback room in Kansas City. But an X factor that I have here is uh Jawan Jennings, the third receiver on the team, because I feel mm. like I've seen him in games. I feel like he doesn't get as many targets, but he it seems like he makes the big catches on the third and longs. It seemed like mm-hmm. Brock Purdy trusts him to go up to get the ball because he's a big body receiver standing, I think, at six foot three. So I feel like if he, I feel like when the Niners get to those third and long situations, he's the guy that um Brock's gonna trust. And not only is he a re- a reliable um pass catcher, he's also a really good run blocker. Another reason why San Francisco has one of the best run games in football, having him and George Kittle block for Christian McCaffrey is, is is huge for them. And if um the pass game gets neutralized with the with the the Chiefs corners, I feel like Jennings could be a reliable target in the pass game and they can also run the ball a lot more when they run those bigger personnels by having Kittle and Jawan Jennings out there. So I feel like Jennings should, could have a a pretty big game. I'm not saying he's going to break out for 100 yards, but I feel like he'll be able to make the the catches that really determine the outcome of this game. Mm-hmm. I think of that picture. catch last week. The I absurd one. Yep. That That's what I think of. <laughs> this game is going to be about, you know, that third guy, you know, that, that guy we didn't really game plan for. And on the defensive side too, that one interior lineman that just makes a big play on third and short or something like that, because the it, it's weird that we're going to, these teams are going to counteract each other so much, you know, like, it's like, oh, we have one of the best tight ends in the game. It's like, well, we got the best linebacker group in the game. It's like, oh, we have some of the best receivers in the game. It's like, well, we got a pretty strong secondary too, you know? It's like, we have one of the best defensive lines in the league. Well, you know, you're going to go against the Chiefs in their line. It's like, it's going to be I, a lot of fireworks here. It's like a holy field. Yeah. Yeah. I also think that so much focus is going to be on stopping McCaffrey and trying to limit him because he's just so 
like unbelievable in the way that he can escape or just create on his own you know it's like he just needs just the smallest bit of space to get what he needs done so i think so much energy is going to be towards that that you know it's going to open up a possibility for someone else in terms of on the on the niner skill positions i think i think they're just going they mccaffrey's dominated in this playoffs he's just yeah. been unbelievable there's no way they don't try and have limit him more because of his threat in the pass and the run game i mean it's just he's just unbelievable so i think so much energy like i said is going to be put towards trying to mitigate him as much as possible that it's going to lead to a little bit of a hole somewhere else they're gonna try to make Brock Purdy win this game. They're cause like the whole narrative on Brock Purdy, mm-hmm. I feel like he kind of debunked that in the game against the Lions in the NFC Championship. The the thing with Brock Purdy, people say that he's a pure game manager and his talented skill position players, which they are, carry him to win games. But I feel like in a 17-point hole against Detroit, sure there was some luck that went the Niners way. The bounce off of Kendall Vildor's helmet to Brock to uh Brandon Ayuk. At the one yard line was surely a stroke of luck, but Brock did did what he had to do to win the game. He made the timely throws. He used his legs, and I feel like the Chiefs are going to try to make him repeat the same thing. They, I feel like they they don't want they're not going to lose the game on McCaffrey carrying the offense on his legs and using his hands. They're going to try to they're going to try to they're going to try to force Brock Purdy to show why he's that guy they're gonna they're gonna make brock purdy throw the ball and if brock and if they could force brock into turnovers that's a huge problem for san francisco and i don't know if that's a hole they'll be able to climb out of especially if the run game is neutralized yeah i think i think um purdy i can talk so much about purdy people really don't like him and i'm like he's just executing the system babe i mean He's just doing the homework that's put in front of him. You know, there were several guys before him who could not execute this system. And now everyone's mad because he's doing it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think the end of the day, wants him to do, you know, yeah. and now people are like, how dare he? Yeah, it's, it's the thing about it is, you know, uh, as a Cowboys fan, I always have this knack for, you know, Brock the Rock Purdy, you know. But the thing about it is, like, you're right, Grace. At the end of the day, Kyle Shanahan's a genius and it took several quarterbacks just to figure it out i mean the second guy after this who figured it out was jimmy g and they never captured the big game you know and he was a pretty pretty subpar quarterback in that regard it's just you know they they got lucky in finding a guy that can comprehend the x's and o's that kyle shanahan figures out you know um they got lucky though i think they they had two how many quarterbacks on the roster already two they had lance and they had darnold and they were like we're taking another one and I'm yeah. like, they're testament to their scouting. They were like, this guy we think maybe has a chance. I don't think it's knows what he's doing. That's but there, there, there's a little luck involved though, because sure, Andrew's I mean, a little bit, and Brock Purdy came up through. But you know, like let's say Trey Lance never got banged up, but he was a pretty available guy. Would we see Brock be here? You know, we don't know. You know, would we see those kind of guys? Yeah, the, think, yeah, no, those things line up for him. And it, I don't actually, think the luck was in the drafting of Purdy because no, 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 they scouted him and they drafted draft, yeah. I think the luck was in the opportunity that Purdy got. He had to have two guys go down in front of him to get a start. That is hard. But, I I mean, you're right, Ben. I think we saw we've been in this situation, Chiefs Niners, 
with a quarterback that's been able to execute Kyle Shanahan's system. And now we get to see how much better is Brock. I mean, now we have Christian McCaffrey on the team. So that's a bit of a difference. But we really get to see if the Chiefs are able to, you know, dilute McCaffrey as much as possible. How, how good is Purdy? How, how much can Purdy do on his own to carry this team? I'm excited to see it. I want him to be good because, like, why, why do we hate this guy? I mean, unless you're like, I don't know. I mean, I gotta love, I gotta love my boy Brees Hall's quarterback, and that's all yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think the hatred just stems from the idea that you know, if you win too long or you just kind of put into a certain situation, people are gonna hate you because they're envious. They rather be fans it's of those franchises and they get lucky like that. Yeah, and and I'll never, you know, at this juncture in my life, I'll never get jealous of somebody just being good and figuring it out. Like Brock is awesome, you know, and the fact that he had to endure, um, just even just getting a snap. You know, things lining up in his regards and him, like you said, Grace, doing the homework that Kyle Shanahan puts in front of him, you know, those multiple choice tests, you know, it's really, really cool. And the thing about it, though, is my biggest head scratcher is it's how similar were these defenses four years ago when we had to replicate this Super Bowl? Because at the end of the day, if Patty Mahomes without Tyree Kill is still encountering a similar defense, I don't think he's going to have a problem picking them apart. But the fact that, that the 49ers offense is very different and much more electrifying, we're going to see, I think, a pretty decently high-scoring game coming out of these two squads here. You know, We're going to have just big play balls. We're going to have like third and long, somebody breaks off Reishi for 40, you know, we're going to have Brock Purdy escape out of the pocket, no one open. Oh, wait, Kittle down 30 yards, you know, you get a 50-yard catch somehow. We're going to see some stalemate defense and then big plays out of nowhere, and I can't I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, even in that game versus Buffalo, they Chiefs didn't necessarily do a great job of limiting James Cook in in the run game. I mean, in the first half, he was gone. Motor was cooking, you know? So, like, now it's like, oh, you've got, you know, a guy with an even better engine in in, uh, in McCaffrey. I mean, I don't... I agree with you, Ty. I don't necessarily think it's going to be like, oh, this is a 14-10 game, you know? Uh, like it's going it's gonna, to it's gonna be big. And the thing about it is um, these teams, like, they're they're going to have a sleepless nights leading up to this to Super Bowl Sunday because... If I'm spags, I'm just scratching whatever hair I have left on my head. It's like, okay, I'm going to have to deal with McCaffrey. Do I go the 3-4 and just worry about, you know, some some bigger plays in the middle of the field? You know, do I just take it on the chin sometimes and rely on the the mastery of Chris Jones and George Karlaftis to clog holes up? You know, like I said before, it's a good tackling team. They don't really get, you know, stomped on too easily, except, you know, in the Buffalo Bills game, they got surprised by Cook just doing his thing. You know, if I'm the 49ers, you know, I have ghosts in the closet from Patrick Mahomes. I've seen this man before and I know what he's capable of. So it's like, how do you go about that? Obviously, you don't, they don't have number 10 anymore as a Tyreek, but they have a new number 10, Isaiah Pacheco, who could go off for several big runs in this game and just catch the 49ers off guard. And this game is going to be all about momentum, all about momentum. If I have that one big catch from Travis Kelsey and half the fans in that venue are Travis Swifty fans, you know, it's it's going to get real nasty real quick. You know, Brock rolling out of the pocket, you know, have a pulling guard and Trent Williams come out, you know, the big 30 yard bomb to Debo. Like it's going to be all about big momentum plays. And the first team to make a mistake is going to be the first team to lose here. You know, you have to be perfect. You know, both yeah. these teams are going to capitalize so heavily. And these teams, they rarely don't capitalize on a big mistake. You know, if Patrick Mahomes throws a pick, that same drive, 49ers are going to score seven. 
You know, if yeah, if the, Brock Purdy has a fumble, up like they did in the in the last two playoff games, they have not, the, these teams are the worst. You you cannot afford a single mistake here, and we're gonna see some of the safest balls in that regard. You know, like, I, yeah, I it really. I still think about that Casey Buffalo game because that game was so even in the first half. It was punch for punch. They were going on each other. And we were, me and my family, we were just saying, like, whoever makes a mistake is going to lose this game, you know? And that's what I feel like it's going to be like again. I And even though I think the Niners, they've just, I, 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 they're, they're a beatable team, you know? They've got some, like, chinks in the armor. So... I, I think it, but I mean, they should come in here and should be really locked in. And I think it hopefully is one of those games where you're like, this game comes down to either a turnover um, or just, you know, field positions, like little things, you know, where it's just like that end up making the difference in, in the game. But it, it you want to play, this is a game where you're like, I hope it's mistake free football and it just becomes like an absolute slugfest of of even matchups but i do think it comes down to like one one mistake like you said ty yeah so but at the end of the day you know who's making a mistake grace ben whoever wants to go first what score are we going to see sunday afternoon all right so i'm gonna go first with this one i think this is gonna be it's a punch for punch game it's like a it's a perfectly even boxing match as uh, we can put it but uh the Niners, I'll be, I'll say they, the last, their playoff wins have been very sketchy to say the least. They've got, they got into holes to get early against Green Bay and Detroit. And luckily for en- enough for them, they were able to make the adjustments in the second half to beat those teams. But you can't do that against the Chiefs. That's the thing. You can't do that against a better coach team, a signif- significantly better defense than both of the teams. And Patrick Mahomes, Patrick. You can do that. You can maybe pull off getting in a seven point, ten point hole against Jordan Love, Jared Goff, but Patrick Mahomes will make you pay for that. And I feel like as much as I would love to see the Niners win, the Niners have I feel like the Niners have been on the short end of the stick for so long. I feel like since the Harbaugh days, they've just been like always one or two steps short. They've made in the seasons they've made the playoffs since Jim Harbaugh became the coach. They've made it to the conference championship four times and the Super Bowl three times. They haven't gotten over the hump, and I feel like they've gotten neat. All of those games have been close losses. They're the lot the last besides the Eagles game last year. That's the exception, but Kansas City in the Super Bowl, um, Baltimore in the Super Bowl, the um, Jacoby Jones game, uh, coming up short against the Seahawks, the Giants in years past, the Rams back in twenty twenty one. I feel like. This should hopefully be the year they can get o- get over that hump. This is the best team they've had, and Kyle Shanahan. I feel like he's still got to get over the twenty to three ghost when he was an assistant in Atlanta. Unfortunately mm-hmm. for them, I don't think that's going to happen. I feel like it's going to be another San Francisco heartbreaker, and I think this is really going to start. Where, this is where we're going to start calling Kansas City a dynasty. I have the Chiefs winning by a score of twenty one to twenty on the foot of Harrison Bucker. Wow. Well, Ben, funny enough, I have a similar outcome, but I think this game goes into overtime and Harrison Bucker wins at 34-31. I think the the 49ers are going to be put in a position where they have to march down the field. Um, It's going to be a score of 31-28. to 
and I think they're going to have a big sack out of Chris Jones or Carl Laftis or something happens in the backfield, and they got to sink a 40-something yard field goal to send it to OT. And then things are going to happen in OT, of course, and I think Bucker's going to win in an OT for the Chiefs at a score of 34-31. to 31. I think this game is going to be a thriller, though. Um, 24-17, to 17, Mahomes take care of business. He takes care of business. That's it. I mean, it's just, I, I just feel it with him. I feel it, you know. He's just, I think, I think once he beat Buffalo, he, that's it. You know, because as much as the folks in terms of, you know, everyone in the NFL except for Chiefs fans, we all wanted to see Lamar, you know, play Joe Burrow and take down Mahomes. And Mm -hmm. will he ever do it? Maybe. But obviously not this season. Obviously not yet. But once, once Mahomes really beat Buffalo in Buffalo. In a very cold game. And a very, very cold game, and a very cold game the week prior. But the cold, I think fourth that, coldest. Yeah, I don't think anyone was particularly concerned about Miami. No offense, Miami. Miami. Was broken. They were broken. <laughs> but I mean, ripping out the heart of Buffalo, who kind of did it to themselves a little bit. But really, Mahomes was per- near perfect that game. Just unbelievable. Just so locked in. Once he did that, it was like. He had that look. Yeah, this is it. Like he has that Tom look. Tom Brady. Exactly it. Yeah, it's it it he has that look. He just uh, he has that feeling. And it's like he doesn't care about the noise with Kelsey, with Swift, with his wife, with his dad, with his brother. He doesn't care. He's going to come in there and he's going to do what he needs to do because every year unless he's facing Brady or Joe Burrow, shout out Joe Burrow. Uh, Joey. He, he's taking care of business. Every time. Every time. So, 24-17 in regulation. Unfortunately, I I think it's going to be a kind of a game like last year, which ended up being a little lackluster. I do think it's going to be like that again. But I hope it's your 34-31 game, Ty. That sounds a lot more fun. That would be pretty electric. Listen, I just think to finish it off to say that I think this game is going to come down to a couple of really big plays, and we're going to see some of the best football we've seen in recent years. We're going to see Brock just be clutch and finally like truly shut people up. We're going to see Patrick Mahomes does what he usually does, but we're also going to see some big plays. I think both teams are going to have a turnover. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to throw a little silly pass, some sort of a duck coming off the fingertips to a Tredavious Ward. I think Brock Purdy is going to come off a flat and throw a very silly pass to a Bolton perhaps, or maybe a fumble out of McCaffrey, a very rare one. I just think that both teams are going to have a turnover and both teams are going to capitalize. I just think it's it's we're gonna see some really good football, and as a sports fan in general, I'm very itching to fast forward to Sunday. Yeah, I'm this a, game a, is gonna be. I'm hoping it's a classic. This game, it's two of the best teams in football. Two teams that I feel like we expected to see in the beginning of the year representing their conferences in the Super Bowl, and I, I'm excited for this. It's a sad. It's sad that another season of football has ended. There were a lot of. Uh, a lot of ups, a lot of downs, as me and Grace and Tyler know very well. Uh, yeah. The downs were downing this year. Pretty downs were downing. But they were downing. Hopefully, hopefully, it will be a fun end to the season with a classic in the Super Bowl. And on that note, that's going to do it today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Be sure to follow the Instagram and be sure to check out our website for weekly updates and weekly articles and podcasts. Once again, I'm Ben Kuchapudi. Bye, Graham.
and Grace Hughes. Thanks for watching, guys. We'll see you guys next week. Peace out.